update, everyone. It's the Sports and Media Show with Jeff. And Joe. Joe, welcome back. Thanks. It's uh, been a very uh, a lot of fun relaxing over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, we had a couple uh, couple of weeks there without you, and so uh, we want to thank all the guests who came in and, oh, and helped out. We had a good time with that. Uh, let's talk sports this week, and uh, trying to get everything so they can see our beautiful faces on Facebook as we do this Facebook Live each week as well. Um, first of all, I, I noticed on your trip you did uh, you did get to take in some sports. I did, not as much as I'd like, but that's always the case. But uh, I was able to go up to Target Field to watch the Yankees and um, the Twins play. Pretty nice place. I'd put it actually probably in the upper echelon for ballparks, really, as far as viewership, because it, all the seats are close to the field. It's a very intimate place. It's a beautiful place to watch the game from um, from a fan's perspective, because you can see a lot going on on the field. You're not blocked out of the spots. The fans are really nice. The transportation is absolutely tremendous. You can take light rail right to it. That is awesome. And what was really cool is I got to, um, Aaron Judge was there, and of course, he looks huge even from across yeah. the field. But I was telling people, you know, he's really a good fielder, really good fielder. Everybody's looking at the home runs, of course, and uh, he he guns a guy out at the plate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the guy's amazing. Yeah, he's a talk of baseball right now. Even though he's in yeah. slightly a slump right now after the All Star break, but everybody goes into these panic modes, as you know. It's, it's a, right the All Star break, and then what they do the first twenty at bats afterwards, or whether you know, it, it doesn't really dictate much. But you know, everybody's like, oh my God, Aaron Judge is three for twenty six, and the Cubs are uh, are six and zero. It's like, hey, just relax. It's still baseball. <laughs> Although I wonder if swing like that. Gets you out of sync. I, I think it does a little bit. I think it also tires your it tires you out a little bit when you're just trying to hit home runs. You're trying to do something different. So there you go. And the fans loved it too because the uh, the home run contest had the highest ratings it's had in 25 years. Yeah, it's amazing. I watched a little bit of it. I remember we had that night, but uh, and people love it. They, they like the, they like those uh, packaged sporting events. Absolutely. Other things going on in sports, I know you, you found an interesting article we'll get to in a little bit, like the 40 under 40. Uh, the right. other stuff in news right now, of course, I think as we speak, O.J. Simpson is out in Nevada at a parole hearing. So O.J. is again in the news today, possibly being paroled. We don't know yet. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, – it, I'm not – I'm amazed how much coverage it's still getting. It, I, we didn't hear a lot of it early on. About, about a week ago I started hearing a little bit, but – I just think it's I, – I have some interest, i got to say, but not to the level I wonder if people are going in depth. There was a show last night, CNN did a show on it. It was really good. There was an ESPN special. I, I didn't watch the ESPN special. Did you? Yeah, it was all good. I, I was always an OJ junkie when it came to this. And, you know, today, you, you know, at first you didn't know what was going to happen. Now it's a parole hearing live on TV. You know, a lot of uh, you know, cable co- companies are carrying it live. And right. they're, they're starting to, uh, you know, talk already about OJ and how, what he's wearing and what he said his first statement and everything. So there you go. Yeah, people are calling the talk show all over the place <laughs> yeah. asking. I mean, if we had a phone right now, I'm sure they would be dialing us up right yeah. now to find out what we think. we got some listeners out there asking what's going on. Hey, Kurt Hall, we're doing good. Todd Fultz wants us to talk about our Cola football. Not quite high school football time yet, Tater, <laughs> so we'll get there. Yeah, but we're, maybe, uh, maybe next month. One football story that I, I think is interesting is the Ezekiel Elliott of the Cowboys. Got in trouble a little bit while you're gone. Um, involved somewhat in a bar, bar fight. I don't know if it's actually proved yet that he was involved or he just happened to be at a bar where right. there was a fight but he also got a uh, a ticket for driving 100 mile an hour and he's already waiting an nfl possible suspension for an incident in high school or in college for domestic violence so ezekiel who is kind of the golden boy as you would say for uh the nfl and the cowboys is kind of uh had a little luster off his shine i guess you could say uh thoughts on ezekiel uh I haven't followed this story as much. I think I was too busy uh, eating clams. We know and oysters. what you were doing. I was eating clams and oysters down in South Shore, Rhode Island. Um, 
But the one thing related to that, I guess, would be, remember last year when he went to Seattle to a game and he went into a place because it's legal pot up in Washington yeah. and he went in there and he was seen going in and out of it, but it was legal. Yeah. And people made a big thing about that. Um, I don't know, are the reports saying that uh, he beat someone? Is that what you're saying? There was, a, there was a domestic violence. I'm not sure about the details. A couple of them at, uh, at Ohio State, but it's what I think what's really aggravating some of the Dallas area media and some of the Dallas Cowboy fans is that they've been waiting now for over a year for for Goodell or somebody at the NFL to make a you know announcement because you, as you get into training camp and stuff you kind of like to know you need to know already yeah. there's no reason to wait this long and then the fantasy football people people of course are going crazy because they don't you know where and are you drafting really that's the most important that is part the most of it. important I'm getting part. ready to do our set up our draft too <laughs> yeah, exactly. so there you go <laughs> we need to know I picked him last year like in the second or third pick overall all right now this forty for forty thing came out and I did not see it you sent it today it's forty of the best sportscasters that are under forty right well, now or it's well, a list well you know. I don't like to read things, but I think let me let me summarize a couple of this. Uh, the big lead did it's I think it was published a couple days ago. Um, the 40 most talented sp- people in sports media under the age of 40, but yet here's here's my qualm with it. Yeah, I mean because these lists are meant to be discussed, and I have no problem. Like who's the top hundred? Everybody loves of all lists. Time. Yeah, but this was judged based upon. To what extent there would be a bidding war for these writers, reporters, and or personalities if they came available, their ability to report or ideate original content, or be the subject of stories, or have their names resonate in headlines, and resonance, resonance and recognize, recognizability sorry, uh, with viewers and readers and the importance of one's platform. Well, obviously, if you're going to do this, and even this writer acknowledges, no, we can't just pick ESPN and Fox people. But really, the way this is set up, it's not the most talented. It's the most well-known, really, when you think about it. If you're thinking about the most talented, that's a big difference. Yeah, because, I mean, we all love Tony Romo being on campus, but he was listed as, I mean, being as the fourth overall, and he hasn't even broadcast a game yet. He hasn't done anything and he's four, whereas, say, Brian Windhurst, who breaks stories on the NBA left and right, yeah. is down on 22. Or Sarah Spain, who, who does a lot on ESPN, yeah. and she's down on 21. Or uh, Darren Ravel is, is 17. Mendoza, Jessica Mendoza is 19. Yeah. But here's another one. Tim Tebow's six. He hasn't done anything for the SEC Network either. Well, he did some last year, though. He has at least been on. Well, not a whole lot. Yeah, but I mean, you know, he's, done, he's, he's done. been on more than Romo. Well, yeah. <laughs> and then um, Steve Smith and Nate Burleson. Ugh. You know, who, who have really not rolled into their new roles or they're sitting there at uh, at seven. Number one is, I gotta admit, I, I hadn't had a chance to I don't know who that was. Big cat. Yeah. What is Big Cat? Um, I'm gonna go That's check to, I'm gonna go listen tonight to his podcast. Because when that was came in and he came in at number one, I'm like, Okay, is this real list or is this just somebody trying to be funny? Because then it kinda him being number one, to me, put a little damper on the the rest the work, of it. The rest of the of the story. I agree. And but the thing is what a lot of people don't know, of course, is and I only know this from reading it is that he is wildly popular in his podcast. So he has drawn people in. Does he talk about everything? He was on, uh, I haven't had a chance to All really right. see it. Uh, and of course, this is one person's opinion. Number two, you know, Bamani Jones and Pablo Torre, I think that's a tremendous choice because- Bamani Jones is entertaining. Now, sometimes he does aggravate you just because he kind of stays, he repeats himself over and over and over, but he is entertaining for sure. Absolutely, I was listening to him the other day where he was talking about um, the situation where Michael Vick had made some reference to... I want to talk about um, that a little bit today, too. Okay, we can talk about that later, about Michael Vick with uh, Colin, Colin Kaepernick's hair. And Bamani Jones was talking about the difference between two, and his uh, his his analysis of it, and we can talk more about it later, w- was so spot on, but also original, and, and that's what I like about him, whereas Pablo Torre is... Um, 
one of the better writers out there for sports, and apparently they're going to be teamed together on a show starting in the fall. That's yeah, what I heard. I would yeah. very much look forward to. Wouldn't you? Yeah, I think so. Exactly. Well, let's just go into the Colin Kaepernick, Michael Vick thing for a minute because, you know, basically what Michael Vick had said is that, you know, hey, you know, Colin Kaepernick, one of the things you should do is cut your hair. And so people didn't just immediately rail on Michael Vick or what are you talking about? You wore cornrows. And I think what Michael Vick was trying to say is he went to jail, got in trouble, and, and you do have to have a little cleaner image. In his opinion, which he's entitled to, whether you, but then, then Michael Vick's already today came out and apologized that he didn't, he didn't, he wishes he wouldn't have said it. I can't stand it when people apologize for things that aren't that bad and they actually believed it. And you know, and I think Dan Patrick hit it nail and hit the nail on the head. Maybe Bamani Jones did too. One of the things that, that's that's causing people not to sign Colin Kaepernick is not his hair. It's not anything that he stood for. It's he has yet to say he really wants to play football. You know, there's no he, since the end of the year, he has not expressed in any interviews anywhere, even through his agent, that I want to play football. It's just nobody's signing me. Yeah, I don't know so much about the details there. I think he does want to play, and I think the GMs do know he wants to play. I, I don't give the GMs an out on that at all. I think the reason they haven't signed him is because they're worried about blowback from the whole thing we've talked about a lot of times last year. He would not stand for the national anthem, and um, even though that's everybody's right. People were angry about it. Um, I think the hair uh, in Michael Vick's perception thought that it exacerbated it, but there was a big difference between what Michael Michael Vick did and, and what Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. Vick broke the law, although I'm still amazed how much time he got for having dogs fighting. I mean, I love yeah. dogs and I own dogs, but that was, that, wasn't that amazing? It was amazing, but I think that, you know, the public just, you know, they, when they saw the video and they saw some sure. of the, the pictures of how, of how the dogs were being treated and then eventually some of them you know, uh, were, were killed, that it just it put him in such a horrible light. They had to put him away, but they put him away way too long, in my opinion, as well. But what he did was wrong. Um, and so I think he was trying to come from that point of view, is that when you're wrong, you really do have to try to straighten up your image. And I think it was a suggestion, and it's obviously got out of control. And now Michael Vick has to, uh, to you know, kind of apologize, which, you know, Michael Vick's in the news again, which, you know, may or may not be good for him. But... Yeah, I mean, we're still I, I, talking about Colin Kaepernick. We are, and I think we're going to continue to for a while. The same way we're talking about O.J. Simpson still right now. But this won't go away. <laughs> it, we, no, not at all, because it's intriguing and it and it really reflects a lot about how we think about society and sports. But see, Michael Vick went to jail for something he did that was illegal. Colin Kaepernick has done absolutely nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. You can agree, disagree with him. You can, and, and, and even vehemently so, but and he's you done not nothing like wrong. Yeah. And he's played pretty good football when he has been the starter. He's got team to a Super Bowl and an NFC Championship game. So. I'd hire him as my backup right now in a heartbeat, at the least, and, and give him a chance for, you know, depending on what team he's on, whether he has a chance to start. And I think that's what Dan Patrick's point was. We've yet to hear for sure from Kaepernick's voice that, hey, I, I would accept a backup position or I would at least like to be in camp to, you know, to compete with a starter. And he hasn't said anything. And I think that's what some people are saying. And I don't know, what was Bamani Jones's take on it? You said he had a perfect take. Well, Bamani Jones talked a lot about the whole thing about one person being in prison and one not having to, and that how uh, um, Michael Vick had to change his image after being in jail because he was forced to, he had no other option. Whereas Ka Colin Kaepernick doesn't have to at all because he was not arrested for anything. And that was the biggest the biggest point, which I completely, completely embrace and agree with. I don't see any other reason because I'm kind of disappointed and I haven't heard the show you're referencing on Dan Patrick, but players get talk to and back channels all the time. 
they, I, there's no way that someone hasn't reached out to, to, to Colin Kaepernick. I think that's a cop-out, and I hope it's not the fact that um, uh, Dan T Patrick and that show is connected to Sunday Night Football. I, I don't think so because yeah, I, you never I have too much respect. But sometimes you get so close to an organization. That's the problem in journalism is you try to – you're close to them, but you want to be pulling back. And, again, I have no idea, and I don't want yeah, to hate well, him. I respect and, and absolutely enjoy listening to him, but I cannot – Accept that argument. There you go. Yeah, and, and I think all these different sportscasters also try to find their own unique w set of how they're looking at a story that, that they stand sure. on. Sure. You know, but Maya Jones has his, Dan Patrick has his. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Stephen A. Smith will have his, and they kind of just stand in their corner and they, 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 they go out swinging with those. So I agree with that 100%. I, I don't know who's right or wrong. Um, and, and I don't know if Colin Kaepernick wants to play, and he, he may want to play, and he may, like you said, back channeling, he may know. But the fact that he hasn't signed yet. Leads me to one or two things: either he is said he wants to play, nobody wants to sign him, or he's doing what some smart athletes do: wait and see who gets hurt, or who's having a really bad camp, or something else tragedy has happens in that quarterback's life, and you sign late with a team that you can start or be the number two with a chance to start. So you're right; it, it could be something. It could be the fact he's sitting back because he did opt out of a big contract, which he could have had some more money, so he must know something, or maybe he's hoping. You know, not that they know, but. If he's not playing in the NFL this year, it's I think it's only for one reason, because of what he stood for last year. There you go. All right, the other thing that got really good ratings, and I would have never thought when we started a sports and media podcast, I would ever in say these words, NBA Summer League. Yeah. Wow. ESPN made money on this, and it really just threw, it blew Fox out of the water, because Fox thought they were going to have this three-on-three -three celebrity thing with, oh, right. with Ice yeah. Cube, and yeah, yeah. nobody's even talking about that anymore. It's all Lonzo Ball and the Trailblazers and all Markel Fultz and all the other guys that played. So NBA Summer League, I, I've never watched a game, but i, I, I got to tell you, every once in a while I, I would scan the dial, I would stop and, and watch what these guys are doing. That's how I was. I scanned it a little bit uh, just to see what was going on, especially if Ball was playing. Because I think that's really what drives it more than anything. Yeah. People want to know how he's doing. There's so much uh, publicity and, and information around that. I, I think the, I think this also shows that the NBA is on the rise. All right. You know. You read my mind again, Joe. Because um, just one thing. You know, I was up in Minneapolis. Yep. Watching the Twins, St. Paul, which is the sister city, and they're actually they, they you know they have the river there separates them, right? Uh, partially, I didn't realize those. I, I should have known better. <laughs> Minneapolis is on both sides of the river, and St. Paul was it, you know it's like right next to them. Okay. And but I think part of the, is the river too. But the St. Paul Saints, they're in the American Association, which is really like a Class A level people. That's the place where like Ricky Henderson goes yeah, to play that. afterwards yeah. and what have you. Part of it. We sent students out there to cover. It. I was. One of the reasons I was gone was I was running a workshop, helping run a workshop up there for sports journalists. And we sent kids out there, and on a Thursday and a Friday and a Saturday, they're pulling in 9,000 people. Holy cow. The standing room only. You can't even get into these games. And that shows you the power of baseball still. I think NBA maybe, I wonder if the Class D League and the Assemblies go, maybe that's going to show the power of it's them. It's the G League now, don't forget. Well, it's, like <laughs> it's, it's the D to me. I don't care about Gatorade. <laughs> You're right, though. I think there will be interest more than ever in the G League and in the Summer League. I'm sure next year the schedule is going to be bigger and more because they realize they found another way to make money for the NBA, and that's what it's about. And think about how much we're talking about the NBA either here or on our own with all these super teams. Yep. You have the Golden State Warriors, which is clearly uh, set. Uh, the Cavs have one. You know, before that it was Miami, but now you have 
you know, Paul George going to play in another team, and yep. you have Chris, Chris Paul, Paul going, to, going Houston, to, yeah. to Houston. You're having all of these players going with these other super teams and people wondering what's going to be the next one. We're really talking about the NBA a lot. Yeah, the NBA is becoming like the NFL light in terms of, tw- of, of talking about it 365 days a year. Right. Which, what you know, Major League Baseball and hockey are kind of sitting back a little bit. But I think baseball will always have its following because of just the mass amount of games and, and the entertainment value. Sure, absolutely. And plus in the offseason for baseball, you have the hot stove league. Yeah. And actually what's happening is, I mean, that's the league where you used to talk about trades the most, don't yeah. you think? And now the NBA is starting to get into that area. Because the NFL, you wouldn't talk much because the NFL just doesn't trade It's hard much. to trade because of the way the play systems right. are, you know. In baseball, I can switch a sign really easy when we trade for a guy. But in football, you have a system that you follow. And that's why a lot of NFL fans fans don't understand why um, they, they don't trade more than the NFL. Well, you can't trade a running back midseason because he's got to learn a whole new system. Plus, he knows the system of the guy, the team that just got traded. So they have to change their system and their play calling and all their mechanisms. So uh, we had a note that Brandon Paul, the Illini uh, player, played really good in the uh, in the summer league. And he got a, uh, a guaranteed contract, uh, mm-hmm. Illini fans will like, with the San Antonio Spurs under uh, under. Um, you know the great program they have there, uh, so that's going to be uh, hopefully Brandon Paul will make the uh, the Spurs. Sure, Pop they, would be a great place. Yeah, Pop would. I can think of his name. Thank you. Uh, but they got about seven or eight guards on that team, so BP is going to have to really play well uh, when uh, training camp comes around in October. Um, everybody was worried to death about the Chicago Cubs around here in Central Illinois. Well, now that the All Star Game is over and the second half has started, miraculously the Cubs have kind of found their niche. And I think they're going to be fine, which I'm really glad about because I was tired of hearing about Cub fans whining. <laughs> what happened to my Cubs? Whenever you know, it's, it's going to be all right. They've won six or seven in a row. They're playing well, and, and they're, they're going to be fine. So relax, Cubs fans. Yeah, well, baseball is the most difficult sport to win in. You have 162 games. You can go on a couple of 10 or 12-game winning streaks and still be below 500 ultimately because you're going to lose. I mean, it's a very difficult. It's a, it's a sport of failure. You yeah, know, you're, you're, you fail seven out of ten times. You're still a 300 hitter and maybe an all-star. So, uh, the Cubs, you know, the Cubs probably way overplayed last year. Yeah. Um, and they're way underperforming now. I mean, they're going to they're going to settle in somewhere. They've got a great manager and. Uh, I thought the trade for you know for Jose Quintana. Uh, Jose, I called him Luis last week on the oh, show. I apologize, yeah. Justin Ross. He's, he's an excellent pitcher, but I think they way overpaid for him. This, um, but you know, when you're in the win now with a lot of great talent right. on your team, that's what you when you build up your farm system, you can do that and you can overpay. Oh, sure. To continue winning, and so I don't blame the Cubs oh, for trying. I would it. have done that trade. They you needed to. something to shake up, and I think the Cubs will be perfectly fine. But baseball. You know, this sort of lies into some other reason. You know, I heard a marketer at one point talking over the last week or two, I forget where it was, saying that baseball has all this great young talent, like Aaron Judge. He's like the next Babe Ruth in the sense that he's bigger than everybody like yeah. Ruth was. He hits him farther than anybody like Ruth was. And then on top of that, you have a Mike Trout. He's one of the great players of all time. He's only, what, 26? Yeah. You've got Bryce Harper, who's maybe, what, 24, And he's going to probably get a half a billion dollars in his next contract. Oh, you have all Think these about amazing that. baseball players out there right now. But baseball is a game where they deflect attention. They do not want it because it's one of nine. Yeah. We're part of the team. I don't want to put myself above it. And when you're one of five in NBA you sort of can put yourself above it. And I think it's just a personality yeah. trait between the size of the rosters, and you're the way the game is played. And you can play a baseball game and never touch the ball. And it, when you think about it, there's, there's times an outfielder won't get a ball. But in basketball, your superstar is going to have the ball 60 to 70% of the time. The ball needs to go through. Imagine if you had a LeBron James... I mean, pick a baseball player. You can make lots of assessments, like who's the greatest baseball player now or in the last few years. You can put them on a... 
on a bad team, and it can stay bad. Like Mike yeah. Trout is arguably the best player of the last five years. I don't think there's really much doubt if you look at the metrics yeah. and yeah. WAR and OBPS and everything else like that. OPS and um, the Angels still stink right now. Yeah, they see. Yeah. And whereas you put LeBron on any team in the East, they're a playoff contender. Oh, they, yeah, they're probably a top two, three seed. So it's tough in the market when that's the way the game is. I think that reflects in the personalities. But I have no worries about baseball because you know I'm walking around Minneapolis at Target Field and I'm seeing all these young men and women, you know, dates and, and, and just walking around and you're seeing 18 year olds and 22 year olds and 26 year olds and they're all walking around baseball and you pack in 9,000 people in a St. Paul Saints game oh, yeah. when they have a professional team across, you know, 20, 30 minutes away <laughs> and they're still doing that. Everybody who talks about the demise of baseball just doesn't know anything about the uh, sport. Well, it just keeps trucking on, like they said in Field of Dreams. Yeah, that's right. That's there right. Uh, One of the great movies, Dustin. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, we already argued about that with him. Uh, he probably won't <laughs> upload this show for us now. Uh, a couple of things in media. Dan Schulman. Uh, I don't know if we did. We have talked about him before. Um, Schulman has announced he's leaving Sunday Night Baseball. That might have been when you were gone. It must have been. He's going to stay um, on for this year, but due to family and the fact that he's from Canada, he is going to step down from ESPN Sunday Night, which is a shame because he's really good. I think Dan Schulman's about the best one out there, don't I, you think? Yeah, I love Dan Schulman. Is it play-by-play? Yeah. What does Canada have to do with it? He's too far away from I think he wants to be more in his home. I think he's got a new kid coming. He just wants to spend more time up there. And so that's uh, kind of what he's doing. So I, it's, 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 Sunday Night Baseball has evolved, but you know, you really get used to these guys, and it seems like they've really made a complete changeover now with Shulman leaving. I, I can't remember. Does Shulman also do another game during the week for them? He does. Every once in a while, he'll do a Tuesday or Wednesday sometimes. So if you're, if you're gone for two days and all the prep that goes into the TV, if people don't just show yeah, up and yeah. do the games, for goodness sake. Uh, yeah, baseball is the toughest beat because I remember we had a guy at the Orlando Sentinel that he was on his third marriage. If you're traveling for that many games and spring training, there's no, no beat that's tougher than the baseball beat. You're right. And then uh, Mike, Gold, Mike and Mike on ESPN, well, uh, I think it's going to end the day after Thanksgiving, uh, the weekend, the Monday after Thanksgiving. It'll become the Golick and Wingo show. It is going to be Wingo because I was yeah. listening to them together yeah. the other day and I thought... And I like Trey Wingo. I mean, I don't know how you feel about him, but he uh, grows on me. You know, sometimes he's a really can be a smart aleck, and sometimes I think he will. He'll he'll dis, he'll be he'll he will make some fans mad every once in a while because he's really a smart aleck and he will talk down to people. But he's very intelligent. No sports, but they're going to go with the Golick and Wingo show. We'll replace Mike and Mike the, the weekend after Thanksgiving, and then Mike Greenberg will have his own show on ESPN in the mornings, which they haven't really announced how that's going to be formatted yet. But I think Golick and Wingo will basically stay on. Was stay on with pretty much the current format that they do right now with you know a lot of guests and about forty five commercials <laughs> an hour. What do you think that? How do you think that's going to do? You know, I don't know. I mean, people get people like consistency. Um, at least with with Golik staying there, uh, there'll be a little bit of that. You know, you, you wake up and you see him, or you wake up and hear him. Wingo is well known. Wingo brings that NFL audience with him. He's a lot of NFL knowledge. It'll be okay. I, you know, anything, anytime, and something that you've grown up with, and you know, we've grown up with Mike and Mike on the radio and, and on TV in the morning. There's always a little change. People will switch channels a little bit more, but you know, uh, things happen and everything has to change for a reason. I think they'll do all right. The, the weird thing is that you know Golick and Wingo are going to be competing against Greenberg, even though they're all going to be on separate ESPN channels. You're still competing for the the almighty dollar and the almighty viewer. Yeah, I just I just think it's going to be, and I like both of them, but I think it's not. You need change. I think even to TV shows, you know, one of some of my favorites. You know, if you think about Cheers, one of the reasons that was is this ensemble cast kept fatting people. You had Kelsey Grammer, you had you had yeah. uh, Woody come on there, uh, MASH, Charles Emerson, Winchester. And think about this, our favorite show, The Walking Dead, people are getting killed off and new people all the time. Yeah. I worry that, that the format has become too tired and not as interesting, which is probably why 
you know, Mike wanted to leave the show. You might be exactly right, and you can see that happening. I'm sure they're going to have a little shorter leash than Mike and Mike have, just because you know they've kind of created that entity. But you know, with Wingo and Golik, it's going to be probably a year, and they'll 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 reevaluate it. So we've got a couple minutes left, Joe. Would, would, would you rather listen to Bamani Jones and Pablo Torres on the morning show doing what they do? Are they going to do mornings? I don't know if they're doing. I don't, I don't know what they're doing. I, I know that they're thinking about pairing them into a show. And yeah, I, 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 I love them both, and I think I want new perspectives. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I can live with that. Yeah. We'll see. What were you asking? I'm sorry. No, I said there's a couple more minutes left. I didn't know if you had anything else on your list. That, you know, you've been gone for a couple of weeks, so I wanted to, you know, we, do, we, we try to integrate you into each of the no, shows by no, making fun no. of you as we as I we know. Go. I appreciate that, too. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I guess really TV ratings. I was looking at this. I was really going to a ball game in a new park and just seeing it with a fresh perspective. It's just, it reminds me that it's not just me saying this. Baseball really is strong. And I started looking up some ratings. And I can I interject one second? Sure. State a champion runner Logan Hall from Arthur, Illinois is watching us. He just won the 3200 in state on the campus of EIU uh, this past spring. So oh, really? thanks for watching, Logan. Oh, well, congratulations, too. That's a heck He's of a, a tough kid. distance. There he is. That's a really tough race, two miles. Uh, the TV ratings for the Royals, they're 7.69. They're number one in the country. I'm, you're having these baseball teams still pull these amazing ratings. The All-Star game went up. Uh, overall, baseball is lo going is losing viewers like other sports are, but but it still remains one of the top sh programs in the area, and I think that says a lot. And, that, and then the teams that are doing well are the winning teams, and the teams that are doing poorly in ratings are the losing teams. Like the yeah. Cubs have lost a lot of ratings, whereas you have teams like the Dodgers are up 24%. The Yankees are up Because they don't lose, the Dodgers. And, no, <laughs> never. And, and the Yankees are up 54%. Because no one expected anything from yeah. them. The only surprise for me is the Braves are fifty percent this year. Well, the Braves have went from the bad start to in contention, and uh, and a lot of good young players. Good, good, good young players. A new park that people like. Right. Uh, they brought in like two hundred and fifty thousand people in their last five games. I think <laughs> at SunTrust, which is for for know. sporting. Atlanta is not a real good sports. No, they, you know, they, city. They wait till the playoffs <laughs> usually to show up, and it's hot in Atlanta, as you all know. So to go anywhere in Atlanta and watch a baseball game is tough. So they've really done well, and it's it's kind of fun to be back in baseball after my two-year hiatus where I didn't really care as much when your team's out of it by, you know, April 12th. <laughs> I know. And, you know, we're, we're here in, you know, mid-late July, and, and everybody says it's just baseball going on. There's a lot of baseball, but... NFL you know, camps open in a week. NFL camps. We were just talking about the D-League or, yeah. the, or the G-League. G -League. British Open's going British on. British Open started oh, no, it's today. It's the Open Championship. They don't want us to call the it. Open. The Open. The Open. Don't call it the British yeah. Open. And you've got Jordan Spieth, who went five under today with uh, Matt Kuchar, and I think Brett, Brett Kepke won the U.S. Open in there. So we've got that going on. We're Wimbledon just finished. There's Wimbledon with an exciting, I mean, two yeah. great, great stories. Its ratings were way down, though. I was shocked at that. I figured Venus would be able to pull it in a little bit more. That yeah. was the amazing run she yeah. had, regardless. 37, and 30 of course, Federer winning is amazing, too. Yeah. Um, so, there, yeah, there's a lot of sports going on. You just kind of, it's different sports time. You know, the, the Tour de France is on, and if you like that, there's some of the, you know, that always, you know, people, it's one of those scan shows, you, you, you watch it. So, there's all kinds of things happening out there. So, and it's Shark Week, too. <laughs> it starts officially Sunday. <laughs> that's, one of, that's one of my favorite weeks of the yeah, year. I love Shark Week. Who doesn't? There you go. So I got nothing else, Joe. How about you? Well, that, that's it for now. It's great to have him back. He's Joe. I'm Jeff. Have a great day. See you guys.